Today on Locked On Red Wings, Scott Wheeler of The Athletic joins us to profile Braden Yeager and Samuel Hanzik. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ news radio podcast. Well, Scott is a host over at Lockdown Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NHL for $20 off your first purchase. Today, guys, we are joined by Scott Wheeler, a writer for The Athletic, and he is going to help us profile 2023 draft eligible prospect Braden Yeager and Samuel Hanzik. Scott, one, thank you so much for joining us. And two, how are you doing? I'm doing well. We were talking before we hopped on here, but this is kind of the, the home stretch for me. It's kind of a weird few days in the hockey schedule where I have everything I have that's going to run in terms of content before the draft has already been written and is scheduled and is sort of ready to go. Uh, and then really until I do my my daily grades of day one and day two in Nashville next week, I, I don't have much else to do other than make some phone calls and fire off some texts. And I got a mock draft coming out next week, but the mock draft is basically done and there's just not not a lot left to do. So it's it feels weird to be so close to the draft and yet have have nothing left to, to write or say. And I'm just kind of waiting to break it all down at this point. Do you just kind of like pretend to work so your bosses don't get on you? You're like, oh yeah, I'm writing up this story right now. <laughs> I, I, if I'm being honest, I've worked plenty in the last couple of months, so I'm not too worried about what my uh, what my bosses think of my schedule for the next couple of days here before I fly to Nashville on Monday. It's been uh, it's been a grind. I was at the Memorial Cup in Kamloops, and then the Combine in Buffalo, and then right back here to write basically a piece a day uh, between Buffalo and Nashville. So. Uh, I'm I'm ready to go at this point. Awesome. Uh, Scotty, if uh, you're all right, we can just get right into things. Yeah, here. let's do it. All right. So, Scott, you're going to help us break down Braden Yeager and Samuel Honzik. Honzik? 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 Mm-hmm. I'm going to trip up on that so much. Honzik. Uh, I'm sure I'll get it wrong like three more times before the episode's <laughs> over. Don't don't worry. Uh, let's start with Braden Yeager, however. He's a center, six foot, 165 pounds, according to elite, elite prospects at least. Uh, this past year, he wore an A for the Moose Jaw Warriors of the WHL, had 78 points and 67 games played. And uh, Scott, a lot of the a lot of the rankings that I see, given b- based on what Elite Prospects is showing me right now, have him anywhere from like the 15 range all the way to. I mean, I'm seeing Dabber Prospects rank him at 33 in the second round. That's a pretty big range, and that's something that Scotty and I have seen a lot this year. A lot of guys could go all over the place. When you're making a case for Braden Yeager, what is his case for going higher in the draft? What are his strengths? Oh, there, there's a lot of them. Uh, for a long time, he was just known as that sort of direct attack at you in straight lines, attack off the wall into his shot type of player. That was his game. It was all about the curl and drag wrister. He's got a pretty smooth curl and drag wrister action in terms of getting pucks off. The release is quick. Uh, There's there's sort of pinpoint accuracy in his shot. So for for the early stages of his career, right through minor hockey, he was a top, top prospect through minor hockey. And then right into the WHL, he was known as 
as that scoring center, that player who could sort of attack off the wall and beat you from mid-range. This year, he really sort of tried to round out his game. He worked really hard to become an excellent two-way center in the WHL and I think did so extremely successfully. I would say that he showed all sorts of smarts and detail in his game this year that was really important for him if he wants to prove that he can stick at center rather than as a winger, especially because his game uh, to this point, to sort of predating this season, his game actually kind of looked a lot like you'd expect a winger's game to look, even though he played center. Uh, So for him to round out his game defensively this year, become a really solid two-way center in that league was a big deal. And then really the playmaking tilt uh, started to shift as well. So it wasn't just all about looking for the shot and, sort of attacking and, and sort of taking the puck at teams in straight lines. He started to mix in some creativity. He started to facilitate to his line mates a little bit better. Uh, and as a result, the, the the goals maybe weren't there quite like you'd expect of a player who shoots it like he does. But the, there were other elements of his game that were coming along nicely. So really at this point, he's just that, uh, that sort of talented, committed, uh, sort of well-rounded center uh, who's certainly the shot is still – the biggest weapon. I wouldn't say it's maybe a top five shot in the draft, but probably a borderline top 10 shot in the draft, uh, at least among the forwards. So there's, there's a lot of intrigue there. The, the question with, with Braden is, okay, is he going to be a center or is he going to be a winger? I think the expectation now is that he'll be a center. And then the other question is, can he get a little bit stronger? You've run into him around the rink. I've bumped into him at a few events this year, the CHL top prospects game in Langley, just recently at the scouting combine in Buffalo. He's a, he's a pretty skinny kid. So there's, there's some work to be done in the gym there for him just to get stronger and fill out. Um, but other than that, there's, there's, it's a, it's a compelling case and he's got some name cachet and uh, there isn't a scout who hasn't been watching him for a few years. So he's, he's been on the radar for a while. He was always viewed as a top prospect in this draft coming up. Uh, it's a loaded class in the WHO and he's been right at the forefront of that behind Bedard for a long time here has played well for Canada internationally, uh, including last summer, um, so there's, there's, there's interest there. He's not, I mean, you mentioned a, a list that had him at 33. He's, he's going to be a first round pick. Like there's no question. Uh, I expect that once those, uh, sort of top 10 picks are called, if you will, that he, he's going to be at or near the top of most teams' lists and that you can expect him to go in that, that 10 to 20 range. Well, I, I am fascinated with just like player development and how it works in general. And like hearing you explain his season and then looking at the comparing like stat lines from last year to this year, right? Like you have, you know, like, like you said, like the goal, he, he scored six less goals in four more games. Like that dipped a little bit. The assists doubled, like literally doubled, not just like, Oh, like they went up, like, like they straight up from 25 to 50, and I, I'm just, I, is it just a mindset thing, I guess? Or like, what what would you say are the biggest reasons as to the huge uptick in playmaking? A lot of it comes down to approach. It's just, what are you thinking about out there? Are you thinking, I'm looking at the net every time I get the puck in the offensive zone? Because if that's what you're thinking all the time, then you're going to end up with high shot totals. You're going to be looking at sort of tacking straight into defenders and shooting through the feet of defenders. Or are you thinking, okay, I get the puck, and I need to be using my peripherals. I need to open up my plane of sight. I need to be using the full offensive zone. I think that's what he learned this year was how to use that a little bit better. I think he would have liked, he's told me, frankly, that he would have liked to actually have scored a little bit more this year and that he's going to sort of maybe try to swing the pendulum back a, a little bit that way next year. 
but I, I, I think the expectations have to be pretty high for him next year. You have to hope that he goes back to the WHO and that he's one of those sort of 90 to 100 point players in that league. Maybe he works his way on to the sort of into the conversation for the Canadian World Junior team. I think that's probably a bit of a long shot. Uh, but there is, a, there is a chance for him to, to be in that conversation, to get invited to Canada's selection camp as an 18-year-old. Uh, he has two years of eligibility, so he could still play in 2025 in that tournament as well, but could be in the conversation for next year. So uh, that's sort of what you hope for. And then down the line, I think the goal and the, the expectations have to be sort of second-line center or second-line winger, depending on uh, the fit within the organization. If he's in an organization like, like uh, Detroit, for example – if is Marco Casper going to be that two C, and if he is, do who, which of Marco Casper and Braden Yeager would you feel more comfortable moving to the wing and all of that? So uh, that's a conversation for down the line. But I think you hope that he, he becomes a scoring second line player who can sort of play on the PP, can play a variety of positions, maybe even has some penalty killing value. He's a pretty smart kid out there. Uh, so that that's kind of the, the the barometer that I'd set for him. Well, and the Red Wings certainly need scoring. So, I mean, there's no no qualms about taking a guy who could put the puck in the back of the net. But, you know, there this is a really deep draft in terms of, of forwards. You know, outside of even, you know, your top four, supposed top four guys of Bedard, Fantilli, Carlson, and Mitchkov, like, there's some really talented players. And you said that you could see Jaeger going from anywhere between 10 and 20. Well, the Wings have picked 9 and 17. So he could very much be on their radar. What is it? that Jaeger is lacking per se, per se uh, that some of these other four prospects have that maybe he, he needs to work on to make, you know, his value rise uh, to NHL caliber. I think part of it's the strength piece that I mentioned. Part of it's probably just, he doesn't really have a dynamic quality as a skater. He's a very, I would say he's actually a very good skater. He's a smooth skater, but he's not a burner. He's not the guy who's going to turn defenders and sort of create breakaways. He's not Dylan Larkin out there. Um, I mean, very few are obviously, but that's just not his, his bread and butter. He's, he's looking to, as I mentioned, sort of attack at you in lines. And I, I think if he could add some layers, add, add some more dimension to his game, continue to sort of round out his offensive arsenal, then suddenly you have a, a very, very interesting player. Uh, the talent is there. He, he can handle the puck. He can shoot the puck. He can pass the puck. He can skate. Uh, all of those sort of tools are there. It's just about getting a little bit stronger and maybe sort of continuing to develop a more multifaceted sort of uh, toolbox, if you will, offensively. We're joined by Scott Wheeler of The Athletic. We're going to take a sh short break, but when we come back, we'll wrap up the conversation on Braden Yeager, and then we'll move on to Samuel, Samuel Hanzik. Got to talk to you guys today about Bird Dog. Scott and I have been telling you a lot about these shorts recently, and that's because they're great. Uh, they sent us both two pairs, one of more cotton blend, one of more polyester blend. Scotty was wearing them yesterday while we were recording, in fact. And they're just comfortable and work in any situation. The stretch fabric that they're made out of means that you can wear them comfortably while you're sitting recording a podcast, making dinner, in the swimming pool, at the gym. I've done all of those things. Uh, and with the inline built-in boxers, they're just such a tight, comfortable fit that you don't even feel like you'll ever want to go back to your normal khaki shorts ever again. So go to birddogs.com slash lockdown NHL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash lockdown NHL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Segment two lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are joined by Scott Wheeler of the athletic and Scott, you and I are you, I and Scotty don't want to exclude Scotty over there are talking about Braden Yeager right now. Uh, Scotty, I believe I asked the last question, so I think it's back to you, bud. 
Yeah, well, I, I want to talk about the goal scoring specifically a little bit and, and just where his strengths are with putting the puck in the back of the net. Obviously, we've talked at, at length now about how he took a little bit of a step back in, in terms of that this season. But what areas, I, I guess, does he really specialize in? And, and just like the wings are so... I asked this question of pretty much everybody at this point. Like the wings are so desperate for goal scoring, like just a a legitimate goal scorer. And I, I always just wonder with any forward that we cover, like what the chances are that this player can kind of fit that bill. So just in, in terms of goal scoring specifically, how do you see him progressing and, and what, I don't know, like heights do you think he could reach and where do you think he probably most likely ends up? Well, I think you're hoping that he can become sort of a 50 to 60 point guy and that the splits will be relatively even. So if he's a 25 to 30 goal guy, that's kind of the end game for Braden Yeager, I think. Uh, in terms of how he does it, there are really two arsenals, two sort of big weapons in his arsenal, if you will. The first is the catch and release. You can hit him with a pass. He catches it smoothly. He gets rid of it quickly, uh, scores a ton of goals in that sort of that quick catch and release action on the power play. And then the other is the, the curl and drag that I mentioned off the top. He he likes to go at defenders. He likes to shoot through screens. He likes to adjust his angle right before the shot. Uh, and he can he so on the power play he's 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 dangerous both from their left wing and the right wing. I've I've seen him score beautiful goals from sort of mid range home plate area goals uh, on both sides of the ice, both face off dots, if you will. Uh, so you're hoping that he can be a power play one guy, ideally. If not, he's almost certainly going to be a power play two guy. And then you're hoping that at even strength, you can get the puck into his hands, you can play him with passers. Um, he's the kind of player who will thrive with a playmaker alongside him. We saw it this year with him, whenever him and Jaeger Furkus played together in Moostra. Um, so Jaeger's obviously a, a, a second round pick of, of the Seattle Kraken and a legit prospect in his own right and very much a playmaker and a, a puck dominant player. Uh, Jaeger is not a kid who's going to have the puck on his stick all the time. He's not that sort of give me the puck, I'm going to carry it end-to-end -end type, but he'll play in give-and-goes, and then when he does get it inside the offensive zone, he'll make quick work of, of sort of getting shots through and getting clean looks, and he'll score a few nice goals a year where he goes bar down kind of thing from mid-range, so uh, that's that's kind of what you're hoping for out of him. Cool. Scotty, you ready to uh, move on to yeah, Samuel Honzik? All right. Sure. Samuel Honzik is a center, six foot four, 185 pounds, big boy. Uh, and this last year with the Vancouver Giants of the WHL, he had 56 points in 43 games played, 23 goals, 33 assists. Scott, what are the, just go straight into it, what are the biggest strengths of Honzik, especially when we're coming off a guy like Braden Yeager, who's maybe a little bit smaller than him? Yeah, I mean, I would just, but not to correct you here, but he has played almost entirely the wing, and I expect that he'll be a winger in the NHL. I know that in conversations with in conversations with NHL clubs at the Combine, and he told me this as much uh, at the Combine, that he was telling teams that he's comfortable playing center and that he's okay playing center and that if they want to move him there, then he's happy to do it. But he his preference is to play the wing. Uh, so I think he'll in the end, he'll probably be a winger long-term. Uh, in terms of the skill set, just an extremely well-rounded player, uh, really smart player. He can skate for his size. He's got a clean wrister, sort of clean shooting action, uh, smart playmaking instincts, smart instincts off the puck in terms of getting open, uh, breaking up plays defensively, tracking the play, uh, sort of anticipating coverage, all of that. So 
just a really sort of smart, tactile player, plus the size piece is really interesting. I've spoken at length uh, with, with the, the staff of the Vancouver Giants, both uh, coaching staff and, and Barclay Pernetta, the general manager there, about him this year. And they, they could not stop sort of pumping his tires and not just like you'd expect them to, but they, they were legitimately impressed. This is a kid from Slovakia who came over. His English was great from the get-go. He adapted really quickly to the North American ice surface, didn't have any issues off the ice in terms of adjusting to the culture, his bill at home, all of that. Just a really sort of smart, put together young man kind of thing. And then on top of that, he's here's a kid who's six foot four and talented as well. Right. So um, really intriguing package. You won't talk to an NHL team that doesn't like him. I think everybody's a fan of Samuel Hanzik. Uh, I the, the real question I think teams are facing is okay is he a top twenty guy or a or a top ten guy I think in the end you'd be happier taking him at seventeen than you would be at nine uh, but in saying that he also told uh, myself and my colleague Max Bolton in a conversation at the combine that his best interview was with the Red Wings so um, he he felt really really good about his interview with the Red Wings and I think he could be a target for them at either of nine or seventeen I, I, for me nine would be a, a little high. Um, just because you're 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 probably getting again, you're probably getting a second line player, and I think ideally, if a top ten pick, you'd be hoping to swing on a little bit more talent than that. But he was really productive this year. Um, he was was excellent right from the beginning on a Vancouver Giants team that didn't have a ton of talent around him, uh, and if not for for the laceration to his leg and the, and the stitches and all that, and the time that he lost, could have had a, a really really good season. He would have played at the at the top prospects game, which was actually hosted in Langley, which is the home of the of his Vancouver Giants. Uh, so he, I, I remember seeing him there in the walking boot and just how disappointed he was that he wasn't going to be participating in all that. So the injury played a part in it as well. But he's a legit prospect. He's I, I've heard comparisons to guys like Pavel Zaka. Pavel Zaka was a top ten pick, and this year was a, a really important piece of a record setting Boston Bruins team. Um, so there, that's, that's kind of what you're hoping for is that sort of, uh, middle six, ideally second line winger who adds size and, and a little bit of a different look to a top six. Absolutely. We're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation conversation on Samuel Hanzik. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about Game Time. Game Time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for more for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason get images of your seats before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive buy tickets in a matter of seconds just two taps and you're set and they're sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email snag the tickets without the stress using game time download the app create an account and use code locked on nhl for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code locked on nhl for 20 dollars off download game time today Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Segment three, Locked On Red Wings podcast. We're joined by Scott Wheeler of The Athletic. And, Scotty, I believe the ball is tossed to you here leading into segment three. Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I want to talk about the size specifically. Obviously, you know, he, he, he's 6'4 and big. I, I, I guess just on the ice, how does he utilize his size? And and Because we've seen, I mean, even within the Red Wings organization, like, it took a guy like Michael Rasmussen like years to finally 
kind of get more comfortable utilizing mm-hmm. his size and kind of take those steps forward that were bestowed on him when he was a prospect. And uh, I'm just wondering if he's kind of already at a point where he's utilizing his size really well, or if that's going to continue to be a, a, a step in his development, I guess. Well, it's definitely going to continue to be a step in his development. He's not the mean drive at you, push you sure. into the net power forward type. He's not going to bully you on the four check. Uh, that's not really Samuel Hansik's game, but he's not shy either. Like he's, he's effective in puck control. He protects the puck out wide to his body really well. He doesn't just play the chip and chase game. He can hold on to it and take you one-on-one and delay and sort of play the game on the cycle and all of that. So um, it, it's a work in progress in terms of if you want him to be a power forward, if you want him to be a guy who pushes his way around the ice, then certainly there's work to do that way. But in terms of know-how on, on just knowing how to, how to control the puck, knowing how to shield the puck from other players, knowing when and where to use his size, winning more battles than he loses. He's already right there. Like he's, he's figured that piece of the game out pretty comfortably. So uh, not worried about that piece of the puzzle for him at all, honestly. And I don't think that every guy that's six foot four even needs to be the, the hit you into the stands type of player. Like I know everybody wants a Tom Wilson or a Milan Lucic, but that those guys are increasingly becoming sort of fewer and further between, if you will. So uh, I, I just think in Hansik, you're just getting a really well-rounded, uh, very mature game. Uh, and, and that's pretty rare in a player who's a teenager and has already played not just in, in success to success in the, in the WHL, but has also prior to that played professional hockey over in Slovakia. Gotcha. Scott, I want you to put yourself in the shoes of Steve Eisman for a moment. And you're sitting there, let's say at 17, and both of these guys are on the board. Which player do you think the Red Wings should pick, maybe from a fit standpoint or maybe even just plainly a best player available standpoint? I'm probably partial to Jaeger. Uh, I, I've, I've sort of been a little bit higher on Jaeger than on Hanzik throughout the year. I can understand why the Red Wings would be excited about Hanzik, just the, the size piece, giving them a little bit of a different element. Um, Jaeger it does have that sort of Lucas Raymond feel to him, doesn't have the, the IQ that Lucas Raymond had at that same age, but just in terms of size and profile and the way that they both shoot the puck. And uh, there, there's, there are some similarities there. So I don't know whether you'd, whether you're in love with drafting a bunch of five foot 11 guys. Um, I mean, even Marco Casper isn't the biggest guy in in the world either. Right. So um, I I still would probably sort of argue, I maybe wouldn't pound the table for Braden Yeager, but I'd probably argue in his favor. I think there's a little bit more um, upside there, not just because of, of the scoring element that he has, but also just, the, the two-way game and the, and the fact that it's at a premium position and he's going to be a center long-term. Uh, I, I know they've got Dylan Larkin and they've got Marco, but they they, they could use more down the middle uh, if we're being blunt in, in Detroit. So uh, I don't think they need to, sh- certainly they don't need to shy away from taking a center. And I think uh, on, on that front, I'd, I'd go, I'd probably go Jaeger sooner than Hansik. Well, I, I want to pick your brain about the current situation just in general with the, the the wings on draft night and this is something that we've asked pretty much everyone we've had on and, and brian and i have had plethora hours probably at this point of debates on the topic of of like they they have nine and 17 obviously and steve eiserman just made comments probably two days ago as everyone is listening to this two or three days ago 
where he had said that like if the draft happened today, he'd be picking at nine and 17. And a lot of people want the wings to either package those picks together to trade up or package them to trade for a, you know, like solidified NHL player right now, like, like a goal scorer currently and, um, or, or, you know, use one of them or whatever it may be. And I just want to know kind of where you stand on it. This is obviously a very deep draft. One of the deeper drafts of recent memory, having two picks in the first round is never a bad thing. Where do you kind of stand on that topic of what the wing is standing pad, just the way to go. They have three picks in the top, whatever, 45 or 50, or do you think that it, it might be in the best interest to, to move one or multiple of them? I'd hang on to them, play the long game, be patient. I was actually of the mind that a year ago when they signed guys like Andrew Kropp and tried to sort of move along the rebuild uh, maybe a year sooner than I expected, I was of the opinion that they should have waited, that they should have let the team sort of sit in the bottoms of the standings for one more season, give themselves a better shot at drafting third, fourth, or fifth in this draft rather than ninth in this draft, and really commit to one more year. I know there are complications that way. I know that for example, the ownership there wants bums in the seats and that, that there was a financial piece to the puzzle in terms of moving it along a little bit quicker. Um, but it did feel like it was just one year too early for me. And now I'd be of the mind that they, they, they're, they've still got a ways to go. And going out and spending these two assets to acquire a bona fide NHL player may not even get you to where you want to be long term. So mm -hmm. uh, I think you've got a chance to add two skill pieces here. I think that's what they need more than anything in guys like Marco Casper that are coming. They've got well-rounded players. Uh, Carter Mazur is the same deal uh, coming out of college. They, they've done a really good job finding those sort of middle of the lineup, middle six pieces, second pairing D prospects. They've got a lot of that coming. We know in Simon Edvinson and Moritz Sider that they obviously have two premium pieces on the back end as well. Now they've got, I think that it's incumbent on them to find someone of high skill other than Lucas Raymond and Dylan Larkin, someone who can really move the needle. And because of this draft being as talented as it is at forward, there's a real opportunity here for them to find not one, but maybe even two of those guys. I know that there's also sort of conversations about them taking a right shot defenseman. Uh, and that could be an option for them at nine and 17, more likely nine and 17, I would think uh, if they like a player like Tom Willander. Um, but that, I would, I would be considering two, two forwards here and, and sort of really injecting some skill into the organization and then playing the long game with those guys. Uh, I'm not even sure whether Jaeger or Hansik or either of those two types of forwards that I'd be targeting. I think they could be two players that the Red Wings like, um, but I'd be, I'd be looking at players like, Gabe Perot of the National Development Program or um, Zach Benson of the Winnipeg Ice, uh, guys who can really sort of move the needle in terms of the skill piece uh, and maybe who aren't the typical Red Wings pick of the last few years. Yeah, we can talk about it now, Scotty, because uh, the mock draft locked on NHL's uh, picks 11 through 20 aired today. But Scott, we had done all of the lockdown NHL hosts had done a mock draft picking for our individual podcast and at nine, we took Oliver Moore. And at 17, we took Gabe Perot because uh, in Scotty and I's opinions, like the team still needs help down the middle and they need scoring in a bad way. So those are two, like two sections that this team just really, the Red Wings, like you said, have a long way to go. Uh, right side defense, as you mentioned, is a huge need. Goaltending is still a huge need, in my opinion. I know Sebastian Coast is waiting. The Wings had a great year in Toledo. But it just feels like right now the biggest issue this team has is they cannot score goals. They're always in the bottom five and goals scored. And I know they're trying to also implement a new system under Derek alone, but that's why for Scotty and I, when it came to this mock draft, we definitely take it, took an approach to get offense 
get as much offense as you can. Yeah, and I, I think that's a, a sort of heady approach. Obviously, Moore would bring a speed element similar to Dylan Larkin. Moore is, without even having played in the NHL, would step into the NHL and be one of the best skaters in the league. He's the best skater in this draft by a wide margin. Just an explosive freak athlete. Uh, so that piece of the puzzle, I think, could be really interesting to have Larkin and Moore uh, sort of one-two or one and three uh, down the middle, if you will, as with that kind of pace and speed and um, could be a, an interesting dynamic. And then Perot is one of the most gifted players in the draft. If he were there at seven, at 17 or at 19 or yeah, 17, um, nine and 17, if he were there at 17, I'd be, he is a player. I would absolutely be slamming the table for us. So um, a kid that I'm a big, big believer in, he's in the top 10 on my list. Uh, I would even, I wouldn't even hate him at nine. So um <laughs> Yeah, the talent there with with Gabe is is high, high end. He's one of the most gifted players with the puck on his stick in this draft. He might be the highest IQ uh, sort of offensive player in this draft in terms of the smarts inside the offensive zones. Certainly, right up there with a player like Matt Vaynichkov. Um, there's he's he's a gifted, gifted player and an extremely intelligent player. Uh, there are a lot of comparisons. Again, I hate to go back to uh, to Lucas Raymond, but there actually are a lot of comparisons between uh, Gabe Perot and Lucas Raymond. They were both sort of uh, five foot eleven, not the greatest skaters, decent skaters, but not burners. Um, it, it, known for their smarts and their skill on the puck. Uh, so, how how many of those guys can you have inside your top six? I think the answer is certainly they need more than just Lucas Raymond. So, um, <laughs> there, there's a there's a strong case to be made for Gabe Perot, I think, and. Uh, he's a kid who's who's well just sort of gone from a late first round prospect at the start of the year to becoming a very well liked kid as a potential top fifteen uh, selection by by the time we're we're making picks next week in Nashville. Cool, Scotty. Do you have any final thoughts or questions for Scott? <laughs> uh, no. Cool, Scott. Thanks so much for taking the time to uh, join us today and profile these two prospects. Where can people find you, and what are you working on? I know you said you're not working on much right now, but <laughs> what will you be working on in the future? Yep, at Scott C. Wheeler at the Athletic. Um, we've got uh, coming tomorrow morning. Uh, we've got. Uh, well, I don't know when this will be will be aired or sort of drop, but in the next couple of days, we'll have uh, my final thoughts column, sort of loose ends and, and notes throughout the year that I've gathered that sort of never made it into pieces, sort of little tidbits on a few players and thoughts on final thoughts on Matt Bamichkov and uh, some other sort of breaking news elements that I'm digging into. Uh, and then after that, I'll have my final mock draft the day before the draft on Tuesday of next week. Uh, I'll have a two round mock draft at the athletic that will kind of be my closest full picture to the way that this is all going to play out. So uh, always a, a sort of huge project for me, that one. So those are really the, the last two pieces of uh, my content. And then on Wednesday and Thursday, I'll do pick by pick analysis. There's two, I believe there's 224 picks this year. And uh, chances are I'll have commentary on about 200 of those 224. So uh, really looking forward to that. Awesome. Looking forward to it, man. Thanks again so much for taking the time to talk to us. Scotty and I will be back with a new episode on Monday. So you guys stay tuned for that. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.